This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where, if all goes according to plan, the special session on gambling will come to an end today. The Florida Senate approves the new Seminole Gaming Compact after lawmakers were told it would bring billions of dollars into the state treasury. We could be looking at potentially $30 billion or more uh, within this 30-year this deal. But Senator Jeff Brandis says they sold out to the Seminoles. We have decided to create a statewide monopoly for one entity, for money. That's it. It isn't the right thing to do. It doesn't conform with our Republican values that we are for free markets and open competition in the state of Florida, because that's not what this bill does. That's not what this compact does. We sell it for money. And that's not right. But selling out was just fine with the rest of the senators. Brandis was the only one to vote against the deal, and the House will pass it today. There are a few ideas that did not survive the special session. Plans to legalize wagering on fantasy football and other imaginary sports were derailed in the House. And the concept of allowing bingo at casinos went down in flames, due in part to opposition from Senator George Gaynor. Well, as everybody up here knows, I represent Northwest Florida. And we don't care how much roulette you play or blackjack or oh, whatever else you do, but don't mess with bingo. Senate President Wilton Simpson says lawmakers can deal with fantasy football next year, but they will not be messing with bingo. And Simpson says they're already anticipating a legal challenge to the new compact. We've got a great product, and I think that the court system will have their turn at it now, and um, and we'll see if it holds up. And, and I believe it will. Um, with, well, I have a lot of confidence that it will. According to the folks who did not want it to pass, there's a 100% possibility that we'll end up at a court at some point. Backers of the compact know they may have run afoul of the state constitution, which requires voter approval of any casino expansion. In fact, they refused to put a transcript of their session into the official journal of the Senate because it might be used in a court challenge. Why in the world would we hide from the public? Would we prevent from being published in the journal what we do here on this floor? The Senate is done. Now it's up to the House of Representatives, and they plan to be done before the end of the day. Another lawsuit has been filed challenging Florida's new law that clamps down on voting by mail. Voting rights groups claim the real intent is to silence black and brown voters. Florida is a state with a long history of discriminating against voters based on race. SB 90 is just the latest effort to silence voters of color who built power in the streets through protests last summer and then parlayed that power into record turnout at the polls in the 2020 elections. Orlando Congresswoman Val Demings tells her supporters to stay tuned as she considers a run for the U.S. Senate. Politico reports she is planning to run against Marco Rubio, and Demings responded with a tweet confirming she is indeed considering Rubio's seat. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who says he was speeding down Highway 1 in the Keys because he was trying to get home to Cuba. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, May 19th. This is National Chocolate Caramel Day, National Devil's Food Cake Day, and National Barber Mental Health Awareness Day. You know, folks spend a lot of time telling their barber about their problems. Today is the day you're supposed to return the favor and ask them how they're doing. On this date in 1536, Anne Boleyn, the second wife of Henry VIII, was beheaded at the Tower of London on charges of adultery, incest, and treason. The real reason, of course, was that the king wanted to move on to wife number three, and execution was easier than divorce. 
1988, Carlos Rivas of Colombia's Medellin drug cartel was convicted in Florida for smuggling more than three tons of cocaine into the U.S. In 1992, Vice President Dan Quayle attacked Murphy Brown for being a single mother, saying she set a poor example of family values. Murphy Brown was a fictional character in a TV sitcom. And on this date in 2018, American actress Meghan Markle married Prince Harry at a ceremony in Windsor Castle. Florida's Department of Health reports a spike in fatalities Tuesday from COVID-19. There were 97 new deaths. That's the most reported in one day since March. Florida's death toll has reached 36,954. The state also confirmed more than 2,800 new cases of COVID and will reach a total of 2,300,000 cases before the end of the week. More than 7.5 million Floridians are now fully vaccinated. 700,000 more are waiting on their second shot. The Florida House meets this morning to vote on the new gaming compact with the Seminole Tribe, and if all goes according to plan, the special session will be done by the end of the day. The Senate wrapped up Tuesday after passing the new gaming compact. Senator Travis Hudson of Palm Coast says it's all about the Benjamins, baby. $2.5 billion over five years. That's a minimum guarantee from the tribe. In committee, they estimated, uh, one of their individuals that spoke for them, estimated from their numbers in the 30-year deal, we could receive up to $20 billion in total. Um, the caveat was they always usually are pretty conservative and they've always exceeded those numbers. So it could be much higher. And specifically with the inflation you mentioned, we, we could be looking at potentially $30 billion or more uh, within this 30-year this deal. But Senator Jeff Brandis of St. Petersburg says the legislature is selling out to the Seminoles. He says sometimes it's about more than just the money. We have had a lot of conversations today about the dollars associated with this compact. A lot of conversations. And that's frankly the, the key selling point is the money. We have decided to create a statewide monopoly for one entity for money. That's it. It isn't the right thing to do. It doesn't conform with our Republican values that we are for free markets and open competition in the state of Florida, because that's not what this bill does. That's not what this compact does. We sell it for money, and that's not right. I grew up in a family lumber business. I worked with my grandfather. It was the best time of my life, and I got a couple of great lessons from that. One that sticks with me today is when he looked me in the eye, and he said, Jeff, we never just deal with one vendor. Never. They will hold us hostage. Something will happen with the supply chain. But we never put all our eggs in one basket. Senators, today we're putting all our eggs in one basket for $500 million. And maybe $500 million the next year. But it isn't about money. It's about the principles that you and I represent. It's about open and free markets that we believe in. And it's ultimately about not doing business with just one vendor. Sometimes we just have to stand up for what we believe in. Sometimes we have to say the state of Florida and portions of our economy are not for sale just to the highest bidder. That other people are able to compete because that's what Florida is about. What makes this state great, what has made us so successful for so many years above our peers is that we haven't conformed to one vendor here and one vendor there. We have been an open state. Over the last year, that has shown out 
more than almost any other state in the country because we were open for business. But what we're telling everybody else, specifically in one area of the economy, is that we're now no longer open and that if you're going to do business, you're only going to do business with one vendor. This is not about the money for me. It's about the principle. We will get the money one way or the other, no matter if we deal with just one vendor or multiple vendors. We've chosen a monopoly. That's something my grandfather would never have stood for, and it's something I'm not going to stand for. A few other senators had problems with the deal, but Brandis was the only one to vote against the new compact. He also opposed a separate bill creating a Florida Gaming Control Commission, saying it's a waste of money and they really won't have much to do. These individuals that will be on this board will actually have zero say over the activities of the tribe. They will not be able to determine if the tribe is following the, that's not their role. Their, their role is not to look into the tribe. Their, look, their, their role is to stand on the parapet and look out. Their role is to look at the paramutuals who largely comply with the law and to look at other backroom card games or other types of games. So it really is a commission that I, I really don't believe has all that much to do. They're not regulating the 800-pound gorilla. That 800-pound gorilla regulates itself. They are not really regulating the paramutuals because, frankly, we have lots of means of regulating the paramutuals outside of this commission. They're really regulating, you know, backroom car games, cockfights in Miami, those types of things that, would, that, that people bet on that really sheriffs can do that local law enforcement can do, and that local law enforcement regularly does. There isn't a great need for this. The fact that we're paying somebody $140,000, are they going to be actually investigating? No, they, their job's not to investigate. They have a whole staff that does that. Their job isn't to set gaming laws. That's not what they do. They just enforce. I'm not really sure what these individuals are going to do on a day-to-day -day basis. This entity will become political. This entity will have commissioners who basically have a job they don't really have to show up for. What are they honestly going to do all day long? This grows government. This creates an additional regulatory bottle that, frankly, we don't need. If we would just properly fund the existing entity, they could do this job today. This is really about a group that stands on the parapet and protects the compact. The editorial board of the Miami Herald says that commission won't be effective because it has no authority to regulate seminal gaming and will create a high-priced political patronage system for the governor to appoint his buddies to high-paid, do-nothing jobs. So, of course, it passed the Senate on a vote of 26 to 13. One thing that did not pass was a bill that would have allowed bingo at casinos. During Monday's committee hearing, Senator George Gaynor of Panama City warned his colleagues to keep their hands off. Well, as everybody up here knows, I represent Northwest Florida. And we don't care how much roulette you play or blackjack or, or whatever else you do, but don't mess with bingo. That bill never made it out of committee. But Senator Gaynor wanted to make sure it wasn't slipped into the bill that ratified the Seminole Compact. Is there anything in this bill that would uh, bring it into the compact or in any way restrict or try to get some revenue off of bingo. And I'm not saying that to be funny. 
I'm just saying, if that if that goes back to Northwest Florida, we can all change our names, pack our desks, and move to Alabama. Mm -hmm. Senator Hudson, for reassurance. Thank you, Mr. President. No, it doesn't. And when you get back to Northwest Florida, you could tell them you single-handedly killed Bingo this special session. One other issue that dies during the session is the bill to legalize and regulate betting on fantasy football. But Senate President Wilton Simpson says they could always do that next year. This was a monumental task. And so we'll see. Maybe next year we could do the fantasy sports um, at some level if it's necessary. And, you know, we'll figure that out in the next three months, right? Because everybody is going to be offering ideas. And so I think next year will be an opportunity maybe to do some cleanup language. None of these things we ever do are perfect when you do something this monumental. You have to come back in and, and look at them. So what will happen over the next six or seven months is it will give us an opportunity to find out what we did wrong. And then we will be able to come back and address that. But I don't think there's any burning desire to bring up gaming again. And certainly with a 30-year compact, you know, maybe this one will last a decade also. We'll see. The House will approve the Seminole Compact today, but that will not be the end of it. A constitutional amendment adopted three years ago requires any expansion of casino gambling to be approved by Florida voters. Now, lawmakers are trying to pull an end run on that amendment by doing this through the tribe, which is independent and not bound by the state constitution. In fact, the tribe donated more than $20 million to help pass Amendment 3 because it protected their monopoly on casinos. But Senate President Simpson admits that strategy may not work, and it certainly will not stop opponents from suing. I think the constitutional amendment was very clear, and again, as a non-lawyer opinion, I think it was very clear on the type of games that would be included that would take a grassroots effort to do a constitutional amendment. And I think sportsbook falls outside of that parameter. But really smart lawyers will debate differently um, on both sides of that issue, and then a court will make the decision. And, and you know, the this was our part, right? We do the legislative part, and if we were to pontificate on every potential outcome that lawyers believe could happen, or courts, we would never do anything. So I think we've got a great product, and I think that the court system will have their turn at it now, and, um, and we'll see if it holds up. And, and I believe it will. Um, with, well, I have a lot of confidence that it will, but again, that's not, that's not our decision points. Sir, have you resigned yourself so that this matter will end up in a, in a court somewhere? According to the folks who did not want it to pass, there's a 100% possibility that we'll end up in a court at some point. And that may explain what happened on the Senate floor Tuesday when Senator Gary Farmer of Broward County asked that the question and answer session in the Senate before passage of the compact be included in the journal, which is the official record of the state Senate. It's a routine motion that happens all the time in the legislature, but Republicans refused to go along, and Farmer was dumbfounded. I have to say I'm, I'm standing back here in disbelief. I, I truly, truly am. Let me be very, very clear about this. There's legal precedent from 2009 when we did this compact last time and it is fact that if it is not spread across the journal it cannot be admitted in a court of law we've had a lot of confusion a lot of changes this has all been an evolving situation at a very quick pace and why we as a body would vote to hide from the journal what we discussed here today and the good faith questions and answers that have been posed on very, very important matters of legislative intent is absolutely dumbfounding to me. It will be a black eye on the integrity of this institution. It blows my mind that we're even 
having a serious debate on this. We did it. We had the question and answer. There's very important questions about whether you can move a permit from one county to another, about the radius, about the measurements, about the intent to expand gaming in a way that might violate the constitutional amendment that we just passed. Why? Just please ask yourselves, why in the world would we hide from the public? Would we prevent from being published in the journal what we do here on this floor? That's a thing that lesser countries do. That's a thing that lesser systems of government do. And, and again, I am just absolutely dumbfounded that we would even second guess this or question this. This should be a matter of a routine motion and vote. You'll never guess how Republicans justified their refusal to add the Q&A session to the journal. They said they were trying to save the staff from having to do more work. That, my friend, is unmitigated bullshit. It would only take a few hours to transcribe the session, and that's what the staff gets paid for. The real reason? They do not want anything that was said or promised on the Senate floor to become part of the official record that could be reviewed by the courts when the compact is challenged. Another lawsuit has been filed against Florida's new law that, among other things, makes it harder to vote by mail. Senate Bill 90 is being challenged in a Tallahassee federal court by a coalition of voting rights groups. Judith Brown-Dianis is executive director of a national racial justice group called The Advance Project. She says Florida's new law discriminates against blacks and Latinos. SB 90 is an anti-democracy, anti-voter bill that makes it harder to vote by mail, criminalizes line-warming activities, and further limits voter assistance at the polls. The new law disproportionately harms black and brown voters, violates the free speech rights of those assisting voters and violates the Voting Rights Act. It would also deny reasonable accommodations to Floridians with disabilities. But with all the harm the new law inflicts, we must put it in proper context. Florida is a state with a long history of discriminating against voters based on race. SB 90 is just the latest effort to silence voters of color who built power in the streets through protests last summer and then parlayed that power into record turnout at the polls in the 2020 elections, all despite a global health pandemic. In response, the state legislature passed an anti-protest bill and SB 90 in a desperate attempt to maintain power after an incredibly secure election in which many Floridians successfully voted by mail thanks to the work of our plaintiffs, legislators cited concerns over waning, quote, voter confidence as the impetus for the new law. But we know this is not true. The Secretary of State publicly stated that there was no evidence justifying security concerns around Florida's 2020 election. We know the real aim is to silence black and brown voters. In fact, you may know that the sponsor, the leading sponsor of the bill, Senator Baxley said, quote, some people ask why. And I say, why not? Let's try it. He wasn't motivated by real concerns around election integrity at all. In fact, he'd rather squash voting rights of citizens. It also cannot be overlooked that SB 90 attacks the very mechanisms and tools used to turn out and support voters of color during the 2020 elections. SB 90's measures 
which limit vote by mail, curtail access to drop boxes, and criminalize assistance to voters waiting in long lines, lets us know that it is not the specific voting tools legislators take issue with. It is the race of voters now accessing and utilizing these voting options. Juliana DeLauro is state director of Ponder Latinx, a group that represents Hispanic communities in the political arena. SB 90 specifically harms and targets our communities. You know, people of color, working class people, the Latinx community, we are more likely to work irregular hours. And we really require that 24 hour access to drop off boxes and require assistance um, with language and, and in dropping off those um, those ballots. So we know what this is. We all know what this is. This is yet another attempt to silence our voices. This has absolutely nothing to do with voter integrity. This is just cowardice. This is not democracy. And that's why we're here because we are not going to allow them to continue um, suppressing our voices, right? It's just incredibly sad because this law is so unnecessary and cruel and you know, instead of passing laws that make it easier for people to vote, time and time again, we see our elected officials, the GOP passing laws that make it harder for people to vote. They're afraid, and that's what they do when they're afraid of our voices. That's what they do when they're afraid of our power. This is the third lawsuit challenging the new election law, and they're asking the federal court to put Florida back under the Civil Rights Act in such a way that any new laws restricting voting rights would have to be reviewed by the U.S. Justice Department. An Orlando congresswoman who made the short list for Joe Biden's running mate will apparently be challenging Marco Rubio for his seat in the U.S. Senate. Politico reported Tuesday that Val Demings will be running against Rubio. Now, she did not confirm the report, but Demings responded on Twitter saying, I'm humbled at the encouraging messages I'm seeing today. I know the stakes are too high for Republicans to stand in the way of getting things done for Floridians, which is why I'm seriously considering a run for the Senate. Stay tuned. The collective PAC, which works to get more African-Americans into politics, has already endorsed her. If Demings can pull this off, she would be the first black person and the second woman elected as a U.S. senator from Florida. But there are at least three other Democrats considering a run against Rubio. Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy, former Congressman Alan Grayson, and former Orlando State Attorney Aramis Ayala. Time now to check your calendar. The House holds a floor session at 10.30 to vote on the new Seminole Compact and the rest of the gaming bills that have already been approved by the upper chamber. The senators are still in town, but they're hoping the House will go along with the plan so they don't have to meet again and they can all go home by the end of the day. The Commission on Offender Review meets at 9. The Public Service Commission meets at 9.30. After they dispense with some internal issues, the PSC holds a workshop about hurricane season preparations by the power companies. The Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy speaks during an online event held by the Central Florida International Trade Office at 10. The Florida Defense Alliance meets at 10.30 in Tallahassee. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed speaks during an online meeting of the Forum Club at the Palm Beaches at noon. The Florida Hurricane Catastrophe Fund Advisory Council meets by conference call at 1.30. And the Governor's Panel on Excellence in Long-Term Care holds an online meeting at 1.30. They'll be reviewing applications from nursing homes for Gold's Seal Awards. 
Finally today, a Florida man clocked at 100 miles per hour on US-1 in the Keys told authorities he was just trying to get to Cuba. 24-year-old Ignacio Gomez is accused of speeding away from a wildlife officer during a traffic stop. And when a deputy tried to pull him over, he drove into oncoming traffic. They finally tracked him down at the Coral Bay Resort in Isla Morada, and while he was being arrested, Gomez told deputies he was trying to return to Cuba. He had $430 in cash and two passports in his car. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 